Okay, guys, let's get started. Good to see everyone here. Uh, you're watching us online. We're extremely grateful. I don't know if we got it up online yet, but uh, but if you are there, we're glad to have you. Hope you uh, hope you uh, having a great week. Uh, again, it's good to see everybody. I guess we I guess we got problems on online stuff, so you know, we're gonna keep rolling. Timothy chapter one. You guys want to get to that uh, to that text? Uh, I don't like to say there's something I know I was supposed to tell you, but I can't remember what it was, so I didn't write it down. So anyway, I can talk about it. Oh, I wasn't okay. there, so uh, you know, the, as from what I hear, the, the skating thing went really well. Said that Kevin came home and he said he said that old man still got it. I know he's talking about it first. He said he said leave. You better put a skate put a skate on leave. He said he going to see what he's doing. The backflip. <laughs> there was no way some of us were going to put skates on because he's going to make us look awful. <laughs> so for those of you who didn't know, I think uh, Lee used to skate competition. So I mean he's he's really good and still really good. I put a pair of skates on, and I'm going to fall and hurt something. So, so <laughs> last thing I need to be doing is breaking. He wanted, he wanted to go. He said, I think I'm going to go. I said, no, you're not. But I want to skate. No, you're not. You know, when you get to be our age, when you when you get to be our age and you fall down, things tend to break. You don't get up there easy. Yeah, you don't get up easy. So probably not a good idea to put a pair of roller skates on. So, anyway. But it's good to have all y'all here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pray and then we're gonna get into this into this text. Okay. Uh, everybody ready? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for being our God and for loving us. We pray, Father, you bless us as as we strive to transform into the people that you that you died, your Son died to make us. Father, be patient with us as we do that. We're striving, Father, to live a to live a holy and godly life, and we and and we need your help. And we know that you're there to help us. Father, thank you for the opportunities that are going to come, that are going to grow us and, and mold us and shape us. And Father, we, as we study this morning, as we worship this morning, that you'll be with us and that you'll be pleased with what we do. And uh, we thank you, Father, for, for the things that are going on in our lives, the things that, are, that, you're, that you're putting in our lives to grow us and make us, make us better. And we pray for our families, Father, that uh, as, as situations come up and as, as they arise and things happen, and I just pray, Father, that you help us to uh, to navigate through them. Help us to remember that uh, we never know when a, when a catastrophe may come and that good things can happen because of it. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunities. Bless us as we study this morning. Help us, Father, to learn and to grow. And, uh, and we thank you again for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on in, guys. 
If, uh, if, I don't know, uh, they got us online? Yeah. Got us? Okay, we're up. Okay. So, did they hear all of that or did they just get part of it? No, it's up. It's up, okay. All right. For those of you who are online, you can't see what's going on. There's a, there, we're, we're under Central Church of Christ time. <laughs> so, you know, we have, a, we have a, uh, people coming in all the time, so. There's probably 50, 60 people in here. You can only see this group right here, but there's a whole bunch of people in here. So uh, we're g- glad to have you online. Thank you so much for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoy the class. Uh, Paul is in prison. This is the second letter he writes to Timothy. And if I keep going on about it, I want you to get this. All right? I want you to understand that he's not writing this letter to you. Okay? He's writing to a young preacher in Ephesus who's in dire circumstances in the place that he's at. And he's trying to help him, and he knows that his time on earth is short. He knows that he's not going to be around much longer. He knows that 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 what he is what he has been doing has been extremely important. And he knows that that this young preacher needs to be encouraged and edified and lifted up so that he will carry on the work that, that Paul has started. He needs he knows he he knows how important this work is. He know how, knows how important it is what he's been doing and what he's been teaching because he knows that this has the power to save people's lives. The people in your life, the people that you know, the people that, that are that are living in the world, are living in the dark, they only have one ch- one chance, and that's to come to a realization understanding of Christ. There is no other chance. If they're going away, listen to me carefully. If they're if they're if they have turned from good, there's only one place to go, and that's evil. If they've turned away from light, the only place left to go is dark. That's just the fact of it, guys. There's no in between for God. You're either going to follow him or you're not. You're either going to live for him or you're not. He's called, and Paul knows that he's that he is suffering because of what he's taught. He knows that he is in jail because of Christ. He's in jail and going to die because he taught something they didn't want him teaching. You think that's not possible in your life? Think again. Just think again. He is he is going to be killed brutally because he taught the truth about Jesus Christ to a people that did not want to hear it. And so when he talks to Timothy, he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple of things here, and we'll look at some things here in a minute. But he said, I'm going to tell you some things. Remember that you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to teach the truth. Okay? You have no idea when the opportunity is going to come for you to teach the truth. I got that opportunity the other day with somebody that I never dreamed in a million years that I'd be able to tell and say the things to Friday afternoon that I could say this to. And it was because of catastrophe in their life, happened in their life that I never saw coming. They didn't see coming. It blindsided them. Okay? And it's a it's a problem that is going to last for a long time. And there's a lot of people involved. And I get a phone call, and the two people that, that, are, that I'm close to said, we need to talk. Okay? And I got to say things to them that I would never, ever have gotten to say ever. And I will, I will tell you at some point, but I'm not going to tell you when we're online. All right? So you want to hear about this, come on Wednesday night, and I'll talk to you about it. But, but I got to say some things, and I was shocked. And I walked in, into where Georgia was, and I said, I bet Satan had no idea that was coming. Because what happened that Satan was involved in? Because there's no explanation except it's evil. And 
And then, and for me to get the opportunity to talk to the people I got to talk to and say the things I got to say, you have no idea when you're going to get a chance to teach the truth. Be ready. Be ready. Always be ready. And understand, and if, and if you are confident in what you believe, and I asked you last week, are you confident that you are in a right relationship with Christ and that Christ is the only answer? Are you confident in that? Or are you going to listen to all the nonsense going on out there? Well, we could, you could really do it this way or do it that way. It's really not a matter about this or that. If that's where you're at, then maybe you need to get your face back in the book. Maybe. You know, but if I'm confident that Jesus is the only answer, okay? I told somebody a while back, I said, well, they're going to the church. I said, they don't teach the truth. Does that not matter? They don't teach the truth. Find out what the truth is. And it says, and I think in 2 Thessalonians, I believe, it says, and they, and they perished because they did not have a love for the truth and so to be saved. We have to find, figure out that I have a love for the truth. And why would I have that? Because it is the truth. Because I know that if I die apart from this, I'm going to go to hell. So are they. Paul knew that. Paul understood that. He understood that, that what he had to tell them was the truth and they could save their lives. He says that. He said, if we go back back to verse, look at chapter 1, go back to verse, uh, uh, verse 9. He said, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. He knows. That, that coming to Jesus saves people's lives. Okay? This individual said, what did I do wrong? I said, not, I said, you did a lot wrong. So did I when I was when I was young. We all did. But at some point, people become adults and they start making their own decisions. Okay? And it's their choice whether they're going to follow dark or light. Their choice whether they're going to follow good or evil. It's not your choice anymore. All you can do is do what you do and make sure that you don't make the same mistakes again. That's all you can do. Paul said, Timothy, I got some, I got some charges for you. I got to tell you some stuff. You need to hear this. And then I want you to, we're going to start in verse, uh, uh, verse 12. He said, that's why I'm suffering, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is also able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. God says, you're not going to have to do this alone. I'm going to come and live with you. I'm going to live inside of you. And I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help to, to if you keep in step with me, I'm going to help to, I'm going to help to move you in the right direction. And sometimes Satan is going to get in the middle of this, and he's going to make it look awful. It's going to make it look undoable. He's going to make it look catastrophic. He's going to make it look like there's nothing I can do. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I have the truth. You have the truth. You know, I, I wrote, you know, it's it, I wrote a question here. What responsibility do we have today to teach others what we have learned? What responsibility do I have? What responsibility do you have to teach people what you've learned and what you know and are convinced of? Or do you have any responsibility? Do you believe you have any responsibility? Do you? Yep. Anybody? I don't want to hear crickets. All right? Teach it and live it. I have to teach it and live it. Sometimes living it is more important than teaching it. Okay? You know, what's, what saddens me the most is when, when I hear people talk and then don't live it. You know, it's easy to talk it. It's easy to talk about it. You know, say, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to No, you're not. If you're not committed to God 100%, and God is the most important thing in your life, then you're not committed. Simple. 
If your job, your family, your husband, your wife, your children, if they're more important, then you're never going to be able to teach it to people who are looking for something important in their life. And they've, and they've, already, they've already figured out those things don't work. You've got to be willing to teach. You know, and I said, you know, and how do we do this today? In our culture today, how do we do it? How do we do that? Huh? By living it. By living it. Showing them. By living it? Yeah. Some, you're, always, you're always there for people to look at. Whatever you do. You've heard me talk about my brother numerous times, right? Well, the one that called me the other day was my brother. Be patient. You never know when God's going to step up and smack somebody right in the chops. And they're going to have no place to go but you. Because they don't have any answers. And they call and said, I don't know what to do. And, and you know that what I'm going to tell you right now, you're ready to hear because you called me. I didn't call you. So be patient. Let God unfold these situations. But I have a responsibility to teach. doesn't mean that I'm going to be the best teacher in the world. doesn't mean I'm going to be able to sit across the table and expound great truths to somebody. But the elementary principles of the, of the truth, you should be able to teach them. It's, it, at least teach your children. When they come to you and say, Mama, where'd God come from? You ever had that question asked to you? And you have no answer? You should have been ready for it. Because they're the ones you ought to be willing to teach the most. You know? Or how I got here. Or why am I here? You know, all those questions that they're going to come up with, they're not going to come up with, with Bible questions like, like you think most of the time. They're going to come up with hard stuff. You gotta be ready for it. If they're seeing you live it, they'll come ask you. If they don't, they're not gonna come. They're gonna come ask you. You know who they're gonna go ask? Somebody they do see living it from. So, you know, when you look at this and it says, you know, we're to guard what he, what we've been entrusted with. What do you think you've been entrusted with? What did Timothy been entrusted with? What did he been entrusted with? What had Paul trusted with? Go ahead. I was saying, Christ says that uh, when, when I was thirsty. Mm -hmm. Did you did you give me something to drink? And we kind of overlooked the fact he's talking about the living water. Yeah. At that point, you know, like we are called upon to give water, the living water, to the masses. And when we get that opportunity, are we are we doing that? Are we? When we get the opportunity to impart the living water, so are we doing that? Are we? I can't answer for you. Okay. I can't answer for you. I can only answer for me. You know, are we doing that? Is that what you're doing? Are you looking for those opportunities? You know, and if, and if everything in your life is getting in the way of you being committed and dedicated to Christ, then probably you're not going to have decent answers because you've already, you've already showed people what's more important to you in your life. My husband's more important. My wife's more important. My children more important. My job more important. Whatever it is. My money, my stuff, whatever it is, is more important to me than he is. You know, remember something. You know, you've got a limited amount of time on this earth. All right? A limited amount of time. Some of us are closer to the end of that than others. But you've got a limited amount of time. And when you're 25, 30 years old, you say, oh, you're not going to live forever, guys. And at some point, we're going to stand in front of God and give account of what we've done. 
and what we've done with what if he's given us the the precious truth of the gospel the power of jesus christ to save people's lives and we don't guard that and we don't use that and we don't do anything with that what do you think he's going to do what do you think you think because you come to a church of christ that you're automatically going to heaven is that what you think you automatically have a free ticket they punch your ticket and you're going home is that what you think maybe you need to get back in the book and look some more at what the book says yeah I, when when he when he says and he when he says when you what you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching paul said i taught you don't go back on what i taught you and he said and guard it and the holy spirit's going to help you with that going to help you to guard it I, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole dialogue about that, but you know what I what I wanted you to say, what I want you to know is that that we are we have the same responsibility to guard the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, because there's going to be a lot of people out there. They're going to do bad stuff. They're going to do bad stuff to us. They're going to be doing bad stuff around us. It's not going to negate the the responsibility we have to teach the truth, to live the truth, to be able. It says always be able to give an be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. Okay? Yeah, Scott. I mean, it's probably one of the closest examples in the Bible to how we live today from the standpoint that Timothy was left there in Ephesus family to deal with the false teaching. And parents back then probably had pretty good control of what their kids were hearing as opposed to now where if they don't get that answer from us, at least just ask me if God lived above space and we got to have a good conversation about that mm -hmm. uh but if she doesn't ask me that she goes and asks somebody else and there's a jillion sources of information and timothy was the only source of information that was telling the truth yeah and there's examples you know in the first time we already got done with about the false teachers yeah and it was about everything from and we'll look at it again in chapter four when he gets talks about people wanting people around him to go tell their ears and tell them what they want what they the want to hear false teachings what a lot easier access now than it was back then y'all find that's true he said it false teaching is easier to access now than it was back then but it was blatant it was in his face back then now you pick up this phone man i got a phone right here in my pocket you know, and you can find all kinds of you can find all kinds of negative stuff that's just absolutely positively not true. You know, a a, a guy that's in the book for fifteen minutes could find out that it's not true. Some of the stuff that's being taught out there, and your children, you know, and not just your children. Yeah, I'm surprised at what people in, not in this roommate, but people that are that are maybe somebody's just watching us for the first time. He's looking. I don't know. I have a clue what that guy's talking about. You know, I'm talking about listening to the truth finding the truth and living the truth there is a truth that we can look for there is paul said i found it i found it and he said i've taught it to you you need to guard it and you need to share it with other people well if if they did that and we're reading this letter to, to the two letters to timothy then i have a responsibility to do the same thing to guard what i've been learned what i've been taught to, to nurture it to grow it to make it better than what it is and then present it to a lost and dying world Who's gonna who's gonna teach them if you don't? Who's gonna teach them if we don't? If we don't do the thing, I don't care if if Cole and I do a thousand podcasts and nobody watches. I don't care. I only care about that one that does, that needs to hear it, and that God navigates them to find that at some point. And what I know, you know, I I, I can tell this because because uh, Paul Marshall told me the other day 
he come, he said, he caught me in the kitchen Friday night. And he said, he said, I went to the doctor for my follow-up. He said, you know what, what she told me? She said, we all looked at your, at your, at your things. And he, they said, you shouldn't have walked out of the hospital. You should be dead. You should be dead. And I looked at him and I said, you know why you're not. Please tell me you know. He said, yes, I do. The first thing I thought of. And I said, understand something. There was a lot of godly people praying for you. And I said, he didn't save you because you're so good. Because you're not. I said, he, he saved you because there was godly people praying for you. You know, and it made an impact on those doctors. Something happened they couldn't explain. Okay? Something happened. You know, he should, he should be dead, and he's not. They said what he had wrong with him should have killed him. They all believed he was going to be dead and not walk out of the hospital. And he walked out. Is God not good or what? A lost and dying world needs to know that. They need to know that that's the truth of a, of a God that can love them, that will love them, not what they're getting out there, not what they're hearing online, not the nonsense that they see. You know, they go to church somewhere and, it, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a production, a show, you know, trying to entertain somebody. You know, this isn't about entertainment. It's about worship to God. Okay? You know, and, and, Timothy, and Paul said, tells Timothy, you know, he, well, let's look at verse 15. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Pendulus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Nisiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my change. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he find, will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in, in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Paul's alone. Told you that before. Everybody's deserted him except for a, a select few people. He's in jail and going to die because he taught the truth. People in your family are going to disown you and walk away from you when you teach them what they don't want to hear. When you when you stand for something that they can't, they don't, they don't believe in. And you have to be okay with that. Is the truth more important than that? It better be. It better be. Look at chapter two. You then, my son, he's going to give him some things here to do that I think, remember, I told you this is written to Timothy, but I think we can learn a lot from this. Listen to what he says. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So he's just been given a charge here. He said, you've heard me teach this stuff. You know it's true. Give it to, give it to more people so that they can teach it. But he says, be strong. How can, I, how can I take that text and say, okay, what is he trying to say? What can I learn from this text? What can I learn? Is there anything I can learn? Is there anything you can learn from this text? To be strong. He, he said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Have you been granted grace in Christ? Have you? Yes. Yes. I got one here. Yeah, some people are just looking like, please don't call on Please don't, please don't call on I'm not going to call on you. I just want to know, have you, have you been endowed with grace from God? That is an unmerited favor, a gift that you did not deserve. Has that happened to you? I think by birth, by birth you're given you know, the grace. I mean, just me being here, okay. you know, my dad let, you know, kind of led me here, and me being here. Okay. After, I mean, close to 25 years of being away, just being here, that 
though. You know, I, I think I think that sometimes we're blessed to be born into a certain family physically. You know that that uh, that nurtures and cares for us, and 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 there is a a kind of grace that comes. What he's talking about here is a grace that comes because. That you were lost and you were separated from God and now you're not. That's the grace he's talking about here. There is a grace. I did not have that in my life. You know, I didn't have not have the benefit of having godly people that I that I could that was going to teach me the truth. Okay, I didn't have that in my life. So I don't know what that's like. But I but I I can look at, at what's going on here and I can see the patriarch of your family that has decided to make a decision. You know, and go in a certain way, and he and and people are going to follow behind that decision. I've seen that a lot in people's lives. That happened in my life. You know, I made the decision as a patriarch of my family, and then these guys had to make their own decisions. They married. They had to make their own decisions as as men as what they were going to do. And thankfully, they all decided I'm I'm going that direction. They believed in it enough to go in that direction. The grace that Paul is talking about for Timothy, he said, he said. You then be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is a grace that, that it doesn't come just because I wish it to be so. This comes, this is showered on the world, it's, it's poured out on the world, the grace of God, to anyone who will believe and accept Him. If they don't, that grace cannot save them. Okay? This is, this is you know, people say, well, you know, God, God loves everybody. Yes, He does. He does. And it says in 2, Timothy, 2 Peter chapter 3, he didn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to an understanding of him. He wants everybody to do that. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to make you do this. This is conditional on that I'm going to be obedient. He's going to say that in, in a minute. If we get there, we may not get there today, but he's going to say that. That I have to obey the rules. Okay? There are things that I have, from the very beginning, was there not conditions to be met from the very beginning? Do this, and this will happen don't do it, and this happens. Is that is that not where it came? What happened? Yes. It's the same today. You know, I, the the church at Rome in Romans chapter six said, "Should we keep on sinning that grace might abound?" God forbid. Their idea was because grace comes because of sin, we just keep sinning, and the more we sin, the more grace we'll get. That's the idea. That's ridiculous, but that's what they thought. And Paul says, "No, no, 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 no. No, you don't understand. That can't be." You know, if we've come to an understanding of Christ, then we don't continue to, to live in sin. We we live in a holy life. That's what he told us in verse 9. He's called us to be saved and to live a holy life. You have to ask yourself, what does that mean in your life? What does it mean for me to have a holy life? What if, What is it going to look like to have to lead a holy life? What's that going to look like? Does it mean I'm going to come to church on Sunday? Is that what it means? That's one of the things. There are people out there that believe, I'm not saying it here, there are people out there in the world out there that believe, well, I go to church, that's enough. That's the mindset that people have, some people have. If I go to church, then God has to love me. And I'll go give him, you know, I'll give, I can I can give up an hour. I'll give up an hour. I've had people tell me this. I've had people tell me, well, I don't need to go to church. I can just worship at home. I can worship at home. I can be fine worshiping at home by myself. Did we find out during the pandemic that doesn't work? Yeah. We found out, didn't we? It doesn't work that way. We need a family. That's why he designed it the way he did. That's why he designed he designed the church, and then he said he designed the family to imitate the church. 
Okay? So this grace comes because I'm willing to follow him. What is that going to look like? To live a holy life. What is it going to look like? Well, going to church. Yes, ma'am. Well, for me, it's like being at a beach. Okay. You, you get hit by waves constantly because I'm the most mature Christian in my household. So you have to read all scriptures. You have to know your, your step. Okay. So that's part of it is is yeah. knowing knowing the book, being willing to apply it to your life. That's part of a part of it. What else? What do you think it for you? What is it meant to live a holy life? What is it meant? Being the word. Being the word. Okay. Be an example of being being an example. Okay. Every okay. day of the way right. you speak and the way you treat people. Okay. Keeping Okay. Keeping commitment. You, you understand what what that word means? To be separated. To separate. So to be holy means I separate myself. Separated from something else. So like I told my brother the other day, I said, if you're not close to the light, you're going towards the dark. Period. If you're not close to good, you're going to go towards evil. That's just the way this works. There's not an in-between here, guys. There's no... Well, I can stand on the, I can I can wobble on the fence and everything's okay. That's not how what God said. He said, He said, You love me, and he tells them in Deuteronomy. He said, I'm gonna give you a choice. Choose life or death, blessings or curses. Alright? He said, This is what's gonna happen if you choose this, this is what happens if you do this, this is what happens if you choose this, and this is what happens if you choose that one. And you know what he says? Now choose life. That's what he says. What does he want from us? To choose to live with him. What's that? How is that gonna? Is that gonna be different than what you're doing now? I can't answer that for you. That's your call. Yeah, it's what you have to do. You know, am I am I gonna be strong enough to say I'm done, Satan? Get away from me! I'm gonna start walking this way, and then do it, and then walk that way. Live for him every single. There, Satan's gonna beat up on you. He's gonna try. He's gonna try hard, but there's always gonna be that opportunity. For me to stay focused and go straight towards him. Okay? That's what he's telling Timothy. He said, be strong. Stay committed in the grace. And he said, he said, and the things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trusted. It means teach them to somebody. <coughs> Share them with somebody. Give them over. Give them to somebody. You know, we try really hard to give them to our children, don't we? You know, I mean, part of that thing y'all did yesterday, that was that was encouraged. That was a that was an opportunity for for this this family to interact with the church from Gonzales, okay? So it was what probably Kevin said there's maybe a hundred people there. So there was a bunch. They they rented the whole skate world thing for for the for the two hours. So they had free run of the place. You know how do you think those kids? You think this is just man? We're just doing activities? I don't think so, man. You know they they gather together on Sunday morning. Do y'all know this? They gather together as a group. They eat together in here right after service. You know what they do? You know what they do? They teach those kids Bible verses. They teach them memory work. They sing songs with them. I watched this guy walking, running around here with his kids. <laughs> I'm going, man, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. But you know, they, you know what's happening? One of my grandsons confronted his mother with a scripture a while back. I can't talk to his mother. She didn't listen to me. But she listened to him and he told her something. I'm going, wow. Wow. That's what they're doing. You think that that's not going to connect going to Skate World and going? 
And that's about this, teaching them. You don't know which one of your children is going to teach somebody down the road, do you? You think, you think somebody figured out way down the road in my family that this is where I was going to get to? You really think that? They thought, my uncle told me, he said, man, I didn't know you had that in you, boy. Really? You didn't know me very good then. You know, I mean, you know, God had a plan for me. You don't know what plans God's got for people. Teach them. Let God sort that stuff out. Teach them the things that you know that are that you're committed to, that you're convinced are the truth. And if you're not, then maybe you need to get convinced. Maybe you need to spend some time in the book. Maybe. Look at what else he said. He said, you know, then be strong in the grace. Uh, and then in verse in verse three, he said, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to police his commanding officer. I'm going to stop right there. Anybody in here was in the military? There's one right there. Okay. Tell me, tell me what it was like day one. Uh, yeah, I remember day one getting off the bus. Like, they just, and like, they just totally, like, break you down. Because they want to mold you into something they can handle. It's not like the parading, it's more of like putting you in a situation that you are putting you in a position where you can handle a stressful situation. They okay. put you in great arrest right. and tell you to make like do this, do that, and they're yelling at you. But that's only so if like say we're at sea and we'd have you know, we'd be boarding a ship or rescuing people from the water and then like they're telling you to do something that you're you know, they're yelling at you to do it because it's in a hurry and you do it and then it wasn't as, you know, you're like just doing it by muscle memory. He said, he tells Timothy, he said, you suffer with me like a soldier does. You suffer with, like a soldier who is not concerned about anything else, but he's concerned about, about doing what his commanding officer says. Okay? That's what he said. So, you know, I thought, I thought about Mark. Mark was in the Navy. I know he was in the Navy for 10 or 12 years. And about three, four days after, after he left home, I get a phone call, and it's from Mark. And the first thing he says, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't know if he remembers it that way, but I remember it clearly. Get me out of here. I said, son of camp, man. He said, I know, but he said, this is horrible. This is horrible. You know, and, and, and it was the same. You know, there was a lot of struggle, but I tell you this, when he came, did come home, I don't know who that kid was. That was not the kid that left. Something happened to him. Of course, we went to the Marine recruiter before that, and I went. George and I went with him, and and we're and we're looking at this Marine, and he's uh, I mean he's buffed, you know, <laughs> short haircut, you know, he's he's everything you would expect a Marine to be. And uh, and I and of course you know I I have an attitude. You know, <laughs> and I just looked at him and I said, so let me get this straight. You're going to take my son, wash him out, and turn him into a killer. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, pretty much. I said, let me ask you something. I said, could you kill right now? He said, absolutely. Yeah. I said, mm, I don't know that I want you to turn my son into a killer. I'm not sure. But, you know, I can only imagine what that would have been like. I just know when he went in the Navy, they didn't turn him into a killer. They changed him. You know, and, and I and I saw him, I saw him go to school for, I mean, you know, he went to school for a long time. 
to, 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 to learn what he had to learn. And one of the toughest schools the Navy had to offer, and, and he went, and there was a lot of struggle. And he didn't really do well in high school. I, did, I thought, this ain't going to work. And it did. And it was amazing. It was amazing to see him flourish like that. And even through the suffering that he went through, because I know there was suffering. I didn't get to go to his to his, uh, his graduation. Georgia went with my mom, with my dad and my stepmom. They went. They drove up there and went. And uh, and I, you know, I can, I mean, I saw him when he got home. He was he was a changed individual. You don't think that this does the same thing? My mother didn't like what it changed me into. She didn't like it. It made her uncomfortable what it changed me into. But it changed me. Fighting for this cause, fighting in this army, changed me. And it made it made me different. And there was a lot of struggles. There was a lot of suffering that I went through. That's what he tells Timothy. He says, you suffer with me like a soldier does. Suffer with me like a soldier. Who is not worried about other things. He's just worried about his job and doing what his commanding officer says. Okay? And then look at the next one. He said, he says, uh, Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Any of you in here athletes? You got a whole bunch of them, don't you? At your at your beck and call, right? You know, you can you pretty much have your way with them, right? Pretty much. You know, I have one here that was a it was an athlete, played football, you know, and, and I I looked at this and I said, you know, there was a there was a process that I saw that it needed to happen. You know, Chris, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a process that happened. We've talked about this before. There's a process to, to you know, uh, Paul tells the church at Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that an athlete beats their body. They get themselves ready to, to run the race, to run to, not to just to compete, but run to win. We're running to win, okay? You know, in, 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 our, in our human activities as, as an athlete, you're not always going to, not everybody can win. Right? Not everybody wins. But they do win. Because I saw him win. It changed him. It changed him. It changed his whole perspective on life. Everything. You know, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch the transformation happen. I've told you before, I'm going to, uh, during the summer, I'm going to the high school, dropping him off at 6.30 in the morning so he can go lift weights. And we're doing that every day. So... He's suffering, but so was I. I had to suffer too. And then I had to go back over and pick him up. And let me tell you something. Teenage boy, after they've lifted weights and ran for two or three hours, I want him to ride in the trunk. You know, ride in the trunk, boy. You stink. But, you know, but it's about, it was not about, it was, it was about the training and doing it. And he said, and it says, and you do it according to the rules. It's the same thing for us, guys. We're athletes, spiritual athletes, and there are rules to follow. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can do this. You need to do that. You better do this. It's what he tells us to do. If you're not training as a spiritual athlete, then you're never going to be able to compete the way God, the way Paul is telling Timothy to compete. And what's that going to take? What's it going to take in your life? You know how... How much, how, how much do the, your kids like you right now? Not much? No, not much. I mean, they'll like me down the road right now. Right now, not much. But you're, what you're doing now is training them to do the right thing down the road, right? It's the same thing that you talked about, Aaron. 
training muscle memory, muscle, you know, changing, making sure that that's the same thing with this. I'm going to put into my mind enough stuff where I don't make those mistakes anymore, where I don't, where, where God can, where God can trust me with more things to do, where he can give me more gifts and more talent. He can give me those things that I, that I never dreamed I could do. That's what Timothy's telling, that's what Paul's telling him. That's what he's telling us. Look around you and see what is it that you need to do? What is it that I need to do to win in this race? Not a secular race, not a human race, but in a spiritual race. What do I need to do? And am I doing everything I can do? Are you going to call somebody one day and, and because something's happened to your life, to one of your children or whatever, and say, I don't know what I did wrong. What did I do wrong? Maybe you didn't, you didn't stay close enough to the light and you didn't stay away from evil. <coughs> Maybe you didn't put enough of this in and fall in love with it so that you could be blessed with the truth. And, it, and let me tell you something, God. If you really start looking at it, yeah, I, I, hey, I had to come to this. Man, it, it put everything that I was taught, I had to walk away from it. I, had, I, I, I can't do this. I, I can't. I can't keep doing this over here. It made me look at it from a different perspective. So is this. It's going to make you look at it from a different perspective. Okay? Remember something. All right? We have been called to be saved and to live a holy life. All right? Ask yourself, what does that mean for me? What does that mean in your life to live a holy life? And if you're not doing that, why not? And when are you going to start? We'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.